My name is Luke Matthias, and this is the Mind Body Matthias series. Hello, everybody, Luke Matthias. Today, I'm having the great honor of speaking on a topic I'm so passionate about. It might be a little odd topic. We're talking about pregnancy. Now, bear with me here because I'm a guy and I'm a 30-something and I'm speaking about pregnancy, which you might think, oh my gosh, this is a little bit, this is a little bit odd. I'll tell you why. This whole podcast series is about using my uh, knowledge, using my experience to help as many people as possible in many different areas. One area that I speak about very often, most days, is our fight for a child. And Courtney and I, my wife, we went through a four-year four journey to get our blessed with our beautiful little angel faith. This four-year journey was ups and it was downs, it was miscarriages, it was uh, IVF cycles, it was all different sorts of emotions, emotional roller coaster. oh my gosh. A horrendous ectopic pregnancy. I don't have any qualifications in medical or, or pregnancy or, or female body or anything like that. I do have a qualification and experience in life and our experience, the more we've spoken about it, this whole taboo subject about getting pregnant, the more we've spoken about it, the more people actually ask, the more people we can open their eyes to, the more people understand and are going through a similar journey or know someone who are going through a similar journey, it's incredible. And if one person who's listening to this recording right now can take something from our experience and realize it's not a bad experience, it's a journey, and so many other people are going through it, then that's a win. Um, whatever we can, whatever I can do, whatever, whatever my experiences can help others is just absolutely the gold right now. Um, I wasn't always this sort of thoughtful around this whole process. I was as naive as anyone. Um, at our wedding back in early 2014, I thought, okay, well, I'm not quite ready for a baby yet, and uh, let's just let's just start now. We'll we'll get one by Christmas. The the, the little boy will will be a Capricorn just like his dad, and uh, we'll be best friends forever. That's how naive I was. Literally, you turn a tap, and all of a sudden you're pregnant. And for some people, wonderful. That's that's their journey. That's that's how it happens. Um, would I have liked that? Looking back. Who knows? Who knows? But that wasn't our journey. That was the start of the most epic adventure in the world for us. Um, obviously, we weren't instantly positive. We weren't instantly pregnant. I wasn't going to have a boy who was born in December 2014 and uh, <laughs> be a Capricorn just like his old man and all, all these different things. As we went through and tried and failed and tried um, during that year. We decided towards the end of the year, okay, well, we'll go and get some tests done. Let's just see what's, um, see what's going on in here. And instantly we, um, we found that Courtney had endometriosis. What the hell was this? I had no idea. So common. We were, um, Court was mid-30s at the time and it's so common in females and there's nothing wrong with it. It's just part of, uh, part of life. So this, we got cleared up and we were told, magic, we'll just become pregnant now. Wonderful. Meanwhile, everyone around us is saying the clock is ticking and just relax, you'll have a baby. <laughs> your biological clock is ticking. What is wrong with people to say to somebody else, your clock is ticking, hurry up and have a child. We would have loved one. So during this period of not being successful, we both became uh, very much enthralled and, and in love with the thought of having a, having a child. 
and it was just sort of just being taken away from us and I became it became apparent how naive I actually was and what a mistake that was in my mindset um, and we started talking about this whole IVF process and now this this was a taboo subject altogether you never talk about IVF with the boys or anything like that so I had literally no input it's not the sort of thing I would google and learn about um, is there something wrong with me instantly I thought is there something wrong with court the females thinking is there something wrong all these different crazy things going through your mind <clears throat> so we explored the subject and of course we just went through the process of finding the best possible doctor how do you find it you look for referrals and google and all these different things and we started a process with someone who we were fairly comfortable was advertised as the best in the business <laughs> for a start this this whole journey this whole ivf process is so tough on a female i'm just during this process i just took my hat off and thought wow i have a whole new respect for for females and it was just unbelievable to watch. Um, it's difficult on occasion. Injections morning, injections nighttime, trying to grow these all these different hormones and eggs, and uh, it was so very difficult. And we tried our best to live a, uh, a regular life during this process, and it was really tough because we had to be at home for injections in the morning and having injections at 8 p.m. in the evening. So uh, one day we got jack of it, and we actually took our injections, and we sat in the cinema. And got to that point, the alarm went off, and during the film, we're slightly trying to inject caught stomach while watching a film. It's quite quite comical, but this this was a this was a, a difficult process because it's just become so finite. It becomes so yes or no. There's no it's so definitive, and anyone who goes through it will understand. Anyone who's about to go through it will understand. It's um. It's an amazing process. What we had to do as we had some IVF failures was just take a step back for a moment and, and, and realize that how grateful we were to be able to be in a position where we can afford multiple rounds of, uh, of, of who sort of said on the sleeve was the best IVF specialist available. This, this was a nice learning curve of the pregnancy journey because it allowed us to open our minds and become aware of the situation a little bit more. Some people wouldn't be able to. Some people would. Um, in some places, it might not be even available. To be able to be mindful around, wow, we're, we're in a position where we actually can do this and are doing it, or someone's potentially helped you into the position where you are doing it and, and, and can do it. The more mental alleviation you can, I suppose, direct towards the process, the the absolute, the absolute better, better it is. The more awareness you can provide, and this this gratitude just gave us something real, a, a bigger picture as opposed to just being, are we pregnant? Yes. Are we pregnant? No. Just gave us a new outline on, on the whole process. We were affording the best IVF specialist. Is it always the best? How do you know? And that's that's something I'll actually reapproach later in this podcast. Um, as, as time went on, we had failed IVF attempts and miscarriage. And then we had our first attempt of success, our first little taste of success, and we were pregnant. And we got to that period where we were sort of eight weeks, and Courtney wasn't quite sure about everything, and she wasn't feeling how she thought she was going to feel. And she listened to her body, and it was one 
day we walked into our specialist just for a scan just to see what was going on and it was yeah, I don't know it was about 11 o'clock in the morning we were in there and I remember seeing our specialist at the time look at us with uh, a very plain face emotionless face and said we've got a bit of uh, a bit of a problem right now your um, your embryo whatever it is growing in a tube it's going to be an ectopic pregnancy what does this mean are we are we losing it are we are we pregnant anymore what, what so basically this little this little baby was growing in a tube as opposed to where it should be growing in the little in the little home and the major difficulty is here that if it grows any larger in that tube it could cause caught me some significant issues and our specialist said, well, I'm going to book you. She moved actually every appointment back for the afternoon. She booked us in immediately. Um, an hour and a half later, Court was under the knife, having a side of her bits taken out in this horrendous ectopic, um, ectopic pregnancy. And that was just an, a significant day because we thought we were pregnant. We were finally pregnant after a couple of years. That was, that was really tough to see it ripped away from us and all of a sudden Courtney in, in difficulty under a knife and whoa, that was that was, a, that was a tough day. We went home that day and I, I remember Courtney was obviously post-surgery and our dog Max, I think he was 16 at the time, 15 at the time, just started crying and, and sat there because obviously the dogs can smell pregnancy so he was all happy and all of a sudden he was sad, he knew what was going on and what an emotional day that was. That was the ectopic. Man, anyone who has to go through an ectopic pregnancy, I understand it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, we were fully aware at this point that we were in the fight of our lives. Like, there's no equivocation. We kept trying, kept going through IVF, kept, unfortunately miscarrying. We look at that point, and we were aware of it right at the, that, that time, that we could go and sell a business for a billion dollars, you know, you could, whatever, whatever it is in life. We, nothing would compare to us potentially becoming successful in having a baby. It was literally the greatest fight of our lives. And that, that awareness around that point was, was hard hitting. It was hard hitting. It made us, made us think it was, it was very difficult, but, very eye-opening and incredible, incredible. You know, you pay for management courses in, in business or something like that and experiences all over the world, skydiving. Nothing would ever equate to what we were going through at that point. Nothing would ever give us the, the, the internal fortitude to carry on fighting and to carry on going and to push the journey and to be mentally strong and to be mentally there for each other. Um, we were very open about it with with our friends and, and anyone. We were, we were getting questions from all over the place. Shouldn't you guys be having babies? This clock, again, the blaming clock they were talking about. This clock is ticking and it's not gonna get any easier. No shit, thank you for saying that. If we got told to relax one more time, this was just after the ectopic. Oh, just go and relax, you'll have a baby. I reckon Court would have kicked someone in the shins if she'd heard that at one point and I would have followed it with an elbow drop just to finish them off. It was so difficult. Ah. <sighs> Fight of our lives. Um, at this point, uh, we sort of took a step back and regathered our thoughts. And one of Courtney's friends mentioned to her this outside of the box miracle worker. 
and we'd done our research and we were sort of a bit standoffish at first. She spoke Courtney around and at the same time, one of my very close friends uh, said to me, oh, we were just talking very openly, and he said to me, how do you know they're the best? How do you know this particular person? You're paying a lot of money every month is the best. His name's Nick Nayef. He's, um, this, was a, this was a major step in my mentality, which I still thank him for. How do you know it's the best? Just because it's a good business. It seems the director of a certain, certain business. How do you know? We didn't. I was very naive again because I just thought, well, she's the best. Done. At the same time, Court's having this conversation about this miracle work and we thought, Nick's opened my eyes. Courtney's friends opened her eyes. Let's go and see this, this, this new person, this new miracle worker and see what his thoughts are. The, again, the more information at this point, the merrier. Maybe there's another angle he can attack it from. So we booked in with him and in this time we, uh, we just thought, okay, well, he's going to make it all good. I remember thinking, yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's just go away. We were going away for our Europe trip at the time and let's just go away and enjoy. So we went away and had some time off and God, we ate gluten and drunk alcohol and <laughs> had coffees and partied hard and enjoyed. Now we came back incredibly, after being told we couldn't, pregnant. And how that happened, we, the, the docs still aren't sure. There was some double, double ovulation, all these, different, all these different things. And one in however many we were told odds and it wasn't very, wasn't very good. And we came back and we were pregnant and we went to our first meeting with this outside of the box thinker. And he said, well, we were like, okay, well, you can't do anything for us, can you? And he said, let's just have a look here. He went through our, our history, our, our difficult past and how we couldn't carry past a certain point. And he said, I'd suggest treating you for these various things, for these various potential occurrences that he treats these very difficult subjects for and at this point we were just willing to do anything we were pregnant we just wanted to keep this little little child and we went on his word and he was just lovely you could just get a feeling of of a, there was just a bond it made us feel really comfortable and we we went along with this with these treatments while while we were still pregnant and we got through the sort of the nine week mark the 10 week mark, the 12 week mark, which is, a, which is a fairly big thing. We'd never been close to that in our previous pregnancies. And this one just felt different. It just felt real. Courtney's behavior was different. It was just magic. Um, we're pregnant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> was it downhill from here though? Oh no, no it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It was, uh, there was one very significant day. You know how you go through your life and you remember these certain days, these. Um, almost sliding doors, and it was June the 28th, 2017, we are 12, 13 weeks, whatever it was, we were moving, and it, it felt, it felt pregnant, Courtney was changing, she just looked great, she felt pregnant, and one morning, it was a, it was a I think it was a Wednesday, funnily enough, I journaled, about it. I brought my journal out the other day and just had to read through my, my thoughts at that particular time. I, I journal every day, three things that I'm grateful for, three things that will make today magnificent, three things, my daily affirmations. And then at night, three things that made today magnificent and then three things I can learn from. This particular day, 28th of June, 
I look back at it now and that morning I journaled it uh, half past four, five o'clock, whatever it was. And I was meant to be going out like I normally do. I, I, was, I would have left the house. For whatever reason, something popped up and I ended up staying. And um, I got a call from Courtney at about eight, quarter past eight in the morning. I'd normally been on the road for a couple of hours. And she said, where are you? And I said, in, in the office, in the home office. And she said, come here. Went in and Courtney had um, a blank look on her face and it appeared that we'd had another miscarriage. And Courtney was just absolutely beside herself. And uh, it was one of those moments in life that I'll never forget. I'll be 90 years old, I'll never forget. Sh shock and, and fear and, and I don't even have the words to, to put it out there, but we decided to jump straight in the car and get to emergency. And we jumped in the car and drove and drove and drove as fast as we possibly could in an absolute panic, waiting, trying to get to our specialist. They were coming in, they were coming in especially for, just to scan, to see what was going on. I remember going through my mind, four words, be strong for court, be strong for court, be strong for court. That's all I was thinking. We finally had the scan and, and you're 99% positive that this is bad news. And Courtney's crying and the, and the nurse sees how emotional we are and she's, she's crying, yet trying to keep it together. I forget her name, I think it was Amanda. She was a blonde nurse and the look on her face was just panic but trying to be professional. And this, this scan happened and be strong for court, be strong for court, be strong for court. The nurse yells out, we have a heartbeat. Instantly I just, instantly I just break down, instantly. Be strong for court has disappeared. That absolute fear, that absolute fear has, has completely disappeared. We'd never heard a heartbeat before. The baby is still in there. One of the great experiences I will ever have. We have a heartbeat. And now when I, when I look back on this, it's amazing. I, I, as I said, I, I brought my journal out from that time. And it's just amazing reading that day, where my mind was. The things to, to learn from that day, I'm just putting quotes at the bottom. We have a heartbeat is something I will always remember. Ecstasy from heartache, the miracle of life today, pure happiness from pure sadness, a heartbeat, wow. Makes me so emotional even thinking about it. And if we didn't have the difficulty in the journey we have had, I wouldn't have got to feel that. Very few things in life feel like that particular moment. We have a heartbeat. Oh my God, instantly breaking down. Just pure emotion. <laughs> February 9th, 2019 came along and our little angel was born. Her name is Faith Andy Matthias. We chose that name because uh, my late and wonderful uncle Andy Matthias was uh, a hero, like a best friend and confidant of mine. Um, so we've chosen Andy as a sort of a homage to him. Andy with an I. First name, Faith, because 
during those difficulties when we were looking back during these such difficult times we had to have faith and uh, now we always will and that's our story that's our story of pregnancy of, of becoming parents something that we wanted more so than anything yet couldn't change it's such a humbling thought and experience looking back and thinking In the rest of my life, I'm in business, and if you want something, whatever it is, you can normally find a way of doing it. Set a, set a goal and be introduced to somebody and do a deal and win them over with a great this, that, and the other, provide value, all these different things. You can influence the end, the conclusion. You can influence it, you can go and get it. If you want all these silly things in life, a watch, a car, you can go and do a deal and make it happen. We can work more and, and make it happen. This, for us, was so humbling because we couldn't do a deal. We couldn't say to somebody, okay, well, we want to be pregnant now. How much does it cost? Or what do I need to do? It's just the joy of life. And some people will be going through difficulty right, right this very second. And I hope that listening to our, our journey rings some bells. You know, it, it, it sort of creates a bit of common occurrence and, and realizes that you're not alone this whole process was so fun for us to talk to others about strangers people we know we learned a lot about the people around us whether they have your back whether they're worth having in your life or whether they bring you down um when i asked well i look at the learnings of of this whole process and when I asked Court if she was comfortable with me mentioning this on a podcast, it's okay speaking to friends and people I meet in the street, but is she okay with me podcasting about this? And she turned around and said, I have nothing to be ashamed of. Absolutely. And you know what? You're damn right she's got nothing to be afraid of or ashamed of. You're so correct. You've got everything in the world to be proud of. And if females out there are listening to me, are listening to this and they're being ashamed or they're going through a difficult personal stage. There is nothing to be ashamed of in this. You might have a perfectly healthy man, healthy lady, and they just can't have babies together or they struggle or the journey is difficult and that's fine. It's just everyone's personal journey. It's no one else's. It doesn't matter to anybody else. It shouldn't matter and they shouldn't give opinion. It's about your journey. The empathy and behaviours around pregnancy, in my mind, have just changed absolutely tenfold. When you hear, uh, when are you going to have a baby? Isn't it time you jumped on and had a second baby yet? You cannot sometimes change the fact that you want a child. And by people saying that, and it's really difficult because I'm not getting on my high horse here, but... What I am trying to put across is when people are asking these questions and assuming that people just haven't started trying because they don't have a child or if they don't have a child, it's just selfish, all these different things. Take a step back and just think, okay, well, what happens if these guys are desperately trying for a child, desperately trying, doing everything they possibly can within their means to become pregnant? And you're dropping comments like, isn't it time you started trying? Your biological clock is ticking. It's not going to get any easier. Does that have any positive effect? 
I speak about this one-to-one -one a lot. And I don't say it as in a, again, I don't say it as in a high horse. It's more of an education piece because if you go in with empathy and you say, um, you don't put any pressure on the whole situation, whatever, whatever happens, just be, just be happy and mindful and positive that sometimes people don't want a baby, sometimes people can't have a baby, sometimes people struggle. It's none of, really, it's, none, it's nobody else's business. If you are positive around that whole place, if you have got a nice, happy opinion to give to a couple, they walk away, and I know this from experience, I walk away just thinking, wow, that's a beautiful thing someone just said to us. They didn't put any pressure on. They didn't tell us to relax and have a baby. It was just a nice, pleasant support that is something everybody can do because everybody will bump into someone or know someone who wants a child. Most might not even realize that people want a child more so than anything. Just be nice. And then there was this other little, little part, little bugbear. When we were pregnant, and this is after such a big journey, as I've mentioned, Courtney would be walking around and she'd have this beautiful belly on her and she looked spectacular and I knew my little angel was in there. And people, strangers in the street would assume it's okay just to say, oh wow, you're huge, have you got twins in there? Or you're, you're massive or you're tiny or give opinion. And when I think about that, I, I always thought, if I spoke to somebody like that who wasn't pregnant, if I just walked up to somebody's wife or a guy in the street and said, you're massive, you have twins in there, or you're, you're so tiny, you should be a certain size, or gave an opinion, I'd be ridiculed, and it would be socially unfair, and it'd be socially frowned upon. Yet when people are pregnant, it doesn't, it seems to be social etiquette to say whatever you like. That was something, that was something crazy. And I probably lost my temper a couple of times, to be quite honest with you, because it wouldn't make Courtney feel good. So this was a learning curve. I wasn't aware of this before going through this whole process. So now whenever I see a pregnant person, there's just a positive, there's just a positive thing. The only positive comes out of, of my mouth because I know what they've been through or potentially been through. And even just a smile just makes women who are pregnant... They've got to be proud. They can't be, they can't be forced into a social etiquette of trying to hide what potentially they've worked so hard for. Wow. Be nice is the key here. Be nice because you never know what journey someone's been through to have this beautiful bump inside them. And then embrace. When, when faith has arrived, just always remember that any time you spend with your child will never be replaced or replicatable. If you regret, if you think you're going to regret not spending enough time with them, change, change your life. Spend time with them. And don't listen to people, again, talking about the negatives of lack of sleep or anything like that. Again, the social etiquette is, is, is mind-boggling. Oh, say goodbye to your life. Say goodbye to your sleep. The amount of people would say, say goodbye to your sleep. I don't even know these people. They'd stop us in the supermarket and say... Oh, your life's, your life's finished. Say, say goodbye to your sleep. In reality, I wake up at half past four every day. I'm up two hours before the kid was ever up. 
People don't know this. People just make these silly assumptions and silly negativity and the social etiquette behind pregnancy is so crazy, it blows my mind. Just enjoy, just love. And something one day may happen to you to make you realize how lucky you are to have children or become pregnant or whatever it might be. We found out recently that this is where, with faith being close to one that Courtney is actually positive for something called killer cells. I've never heard of killer cells. I've never Googled killer cells. Very few people will have done. What are they? These little cells that don't like other bodies within them. As in, they don't like other little organisms growing inside, so Court's body will reject them. Or rejected mine. How the hell do you know that? Where do you get told that? I've never heard of it. That was where our miracle worker really made us aware that faith is a little miracle. He treated us for these certain ailments, just in case. If he hadn't, I wouldn't wake up every day to my little faith. Just amazing. Information is key. If this has helped anybody, this is what it's there for. Be open, because I always find being open about these topics just takes the pressure off. We're not trying to hide it. Somebody else might open up to you and say, oh my gosh, Luke, I'm going through these exact same things. I thought I was alone. Be open, be kind, be embracing, be empathetic. During our journey, we had to have faith, and now we always will.